fundraisers, I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. Welcome back to Raise Nation Radio. We're so excited about our next guest. It's somebody that we've collaborated with before, and it's really great to catch up and find out everything that's new in his world um, and also congratulate him because he's a brand new father. So please welcome to Raise Nation Radio, the one and only Mr. Joey Goon, who is the president of Utopia. Hi, Joey. How are you? Welcome. Hey, Don. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Oh, well, so how's your sleep going these days, new father? Congratulations to you and mama and baby. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. um, You know, first, like... (sighs) I, I have to say, and, and we we sh- we talked a little bit about this before we hit record. Um, it's very polarizing because you have these like <laughs> duality of emotions. You're so overwhelmed with joy, and yet you're sleep deprived. So it makes for an interesting emotion. That's a bad mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're we're so glad. We're so grateful. We're so. Okay, what's the baby's name? Sage Olivia. Oh, we did Sage for wisdom, and Olivia comes from the olive branch, which is authenticity and uh, and joy. You know, I love how um, parents put such a purpose and intention behind names. I was just like, "Eeny, meeny, miny, mo." My daughter's name is Alyssa, and I was just like, "Well, that sounds pretty." And that was that was about the beginning and end of of um, what went into her name. But it's so nice that you have like a little story behind it. She's already storytelling, which we're going to talk about storytelling today, which is you know kind of probably why you picked such a beautiful baby name with intent, because that's kind of your space. But before we go into all of that, I would love for our audience to really get to know the Joey Goon, the way we know him, and who better than to talk um, about what you do, who you are, talk about Utopia, and maybe share a little bit more personal information other than your sleep deprived. But our audience would love to get to know you. So take it away. Sure. Well, before we do anything, you mentioned Alyssa a moment ago, and um, I want to start by acknowledging your daughter, um, who's at, I think she's in Boston, right? And she's a sophomore she at Boston College. She runs her own nonprofit. And I've listened <laughs> she to does. a bunch of One Cause episodes, <laughs> and I can tell how fantastic your relationship is with Alyssa. And so as a new husband and a father myself with a four-week-old, I'm starting to learn and respect what people were saying when they say, you'll never love something as much as that little human that you create. <laughs> And I can now share that that is true, that, that that's so been true. confirmed, at least for me. So and I have um, two humans. I have two, two humans. humans. Yeah, yes. I have two humans that I love more than life itself. But yes, you're right. And thank you, Alyssa, if you're listening. I do mention Alyssa often on the show. She is a sophomore at Boston College and she did start her own nonprofit. Um Super when cool. she was 14. Yeah. And she's a customer of one cause too. So six degrees, maybe three degrees of separation. <laughs> but let's learn all about you. Yes. Uh, so yeah, like, like we just talked about, I'm a father to a four week old baby girl. Uh, yay for being a girl dad. I have uh, two siblings. My brother, uh, Mark is in LA. My sister's in Chicago. I've got a dad who's a business partner, which is awesome. Uh, I have a puppy chase who is our firstborn and always will be. 
And um, I work in, uh, like I said, the family business with my dad with 10 other incredible people that I'm proud to call friends and colleagues. And of course, I have to give a plug to my wife, who is just remarkable, Stephanie. Um, she knew that I had a podcast in the morning. So the, the spell between like 3 and 6 a.m. this morning, she took that shift and allowed me to get that three hours of sleep. And I love her so much. Thank you for making me a dad. And I'll, I'll take the weekend shift, babe. <laughs> Well, that's so nice of you. <laughs> You'll take the weekend ship. <laughs> I'll take the weekend ship. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you, I, I'm happy to share a little bit about Utopia too. I really would love to hear more about Utopia, please. <laughs> so uh, yeah, my, my mom started Utopia in 2001. Oh, wait, I didn't know that. Fun fact, your mom started Utopia. Family legacy. Yes. Yeah. So okay, great. A woman found a company. Great. And uh, she was a teacher and first she was a gym teacher and then she realized, well, I'm really not the most athletic person in the world, but I love kids. So let me try second grade. And uh, and that's where she stayed. And, and I have to say my mom's <laughs> my mom's lack of athleticism or lack of athletic abilities rubbed off on me as well. So I was like when I was the bench warmer on my high school football team for about five minutes, I started having the realization that I better figure out what I'm going to do with my life because it's not football. And uh, <laughs> right before starting Utopia, my mom was planning my brother's bar mitzvah. And if you're familiar with these Jewish traditions, these are like these massive gala celebrations for Jewish kids that are making their passage into adulthood. And my mom, Jody, didn't have a wonderful experience that she hired uh, the company that she hired to produce my brother's bar mitzvah and he was the oldest so he was the first of three mm -hmm. and they did all the entertainment the av the video and she said well i'm gonna hire an out-of-state company for joey's bar mitzvah two years later that's me and she did that and my parents were like wow this is so much better such a a much more like connective experience they made us feel like family and there's nothing like that here so let's do it locally and uh, so the first event that Utopia ever produced was three years later, and that was my sister's bat mitzvah. And, and then it just took off from there. So my mom scaled the business uh, from our house while working full time as a teacher and our kitchen became her office. Our garage and our basement became the warehouse for AV equipment. And uh, my dad, my, uh, uh, my, my amazing dad, uh, Neil, he became the weekend roadie driving the box trucks, uh, the box trucks. And, setting up and breaking down all the events all over the Midwest and lugging all of this heavy equipment up and down a 15% like hill grade on the side of our house to and from the basement every weekend. <laughs> so yeah, Utopia went from a group of one to then two with the addition of my dad. And then I joined the company in 2014 after my mom's um, untimely passing and oh, have continued to grow it from there. Um, and now we're a team of 10 full-time, 25 part-time, and we have clients in 26 states and have helped nonprofits raise more than 50 million through their events since we started producing nonprofit events in 2014. Wow, I love the story behind it. And I feel in our space that there's um, a lot of that, a, a lot. My husband and I, in, in, in another life before One Cause, we ran a boutique event planning uh, firm and, um, when we we had that for nine years and in the beginning it was it was a lot of that i remember doing a um doing a trade show for one of our clients and we had thousands of flip-flops the idea was we mailed one and pick up the other you know we mailed the left pick up the right at the booth kind of thing my living room was filled with stacks and stacks and stacks. And at the time I lived upstairs with my mom and dad and they have a two a family. And so my mom and dad got involved and there were flip-flops all over this two-story home, just stacks of them everywhere. <laughs> but, you know, we were small, you know, um, 
boutique shop. And so like I didn't have the manpower or the bandwidth to hire people or space for thousands of flip-flops. It was actually hysterical now that I think, you know, back to it. And it was very successful, but um pretty funny to get the start. Um so I really appreciate the start this story. So for nonprofit fundraisers out there, take a flip-flop. <laughs> and send it to a prospective sponsor or donor that you want to get a foot in with. A uh, foot one. in with, there yes. you go. Send one with a handwritten card and say, how can we get a foot in the door? Yeah, we'll, well that's exactly what we did. I we didn't it. use, yeah, we didn't use that exact language, but-, but you um, sent one off and yeah. that's super thoughtful. Yeah, Brent, come get the other one. Yeah, we had, we had, yeah. I didn't have very much furniture, but I did have a lot of swag all over my living room. It was pretty funny in, in the early days of our company. All right, well, let's get to some- you know, some great advice. You're, you're such a thought leader and trailblazer. And yet you kind of do things, you know, a little different, a little, a little unique. And I think you have some really great insights that our audience is going to want to hear. So um, I know Utopia does a lot of work with video stories and they really deliver um, a moment, if you will, um, at events. So can you tell us like, why are they, in, why are these video stories important? Why is it such a thing? And and how do they create that mission moment or memorable moment for, for everyone there? And and why should our audience pay attention and maybe do this themselves? There's a lot of whys in there. I'm sorry, but you got this, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I think number one, videos are incredibly effective because we are connected through this digital space and the digital space like with the introduction of ai and chat gpt can be kind of transactional right um and so what we have to do as storytellers and fundraisers is really bring out the personal human interest stories in everything that we do so in order for videos to be effective our video team and they're much more well versed in this our creative director is incredible and he's worked on sets for all over the country and he always talks about the three e's they have to be educational entertaining and emotional and if you can do any one of these three things fantastic but if you're doing all three simultaneously Trifecta. you're really killing it <laughs> yeah okay and, and so like videos, I there's like three or four videos. Wait, that are let's not, do the three E's again. They have to be entertaining, emotional. And what was the other one? Educational. Oh yeah, of course. So educational. You, you yeah. really want to help your donors understand. Like for instance, one of the most, one of the most, um, uh, I was going to say famous, not famous. One of the most widely used videos. <laughs> the one that you probably recognize the most is like a fund a need or a spotlight or appeal or fund the future video. Sure. The mission the, moment. The mm -hmm. mission moment. So these videos should be three to five minutes in length and should answer the following questions. Why do you do what you do? And I always start with why. Shout out to Simon Sinek. What does a donation provide for our recipients? How does my donation impact the city, the state, and the world? And so you're you're really grounding people in these stories and you're answering these questions. You're checking off the why because people want to understand the why. They want legacy. Mm -hmm. They want to understand the, the what, where does the money go and how is it enhancing lives? And how does my donation impact the city? This is all about like they're, they're the city, the state, the world, larger life, like transcendent goals, aspirational goals that you're really touching on so that they can say, wow, I really am making a difference in significant and being and, and, and my contribution is significant. So have like the W questions in mind when you go into your video making. Absolutely. And think of this video like a try and think of it like a short form documentary 
a three to five minute documentary with a personal uh, human interest story or, or two in a week. Is that the ideal time? Three to five minutes? Three to five minutes. Yep. I think I think all of our auctioneers listening to are going to nod their heads in affirmation like, yep, don't go 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, because then you're going to lose people when you go into the appeal and the, and the spotlight and the paddle raise moment. Yeah. Okay. So that's one example. Um, there, there's a, a ton more. We can talk more about, you know, videos if, if you want to dive more deeply into. Some oh, sure. Types. Please. I mean, I think that video, you know, it is um, scary because, you know, you, you, you think about what's the content, what's the scripting, what's the right. length, what's, you know, quality, um, you know, the editing, the, the music, the voiceover, are people going to be, there's just so much, right? So I feel like um, we all fear the unknown. So how do you pull that all, all together and, you know, make it that perfect three to five minute memorable moment? Sure. I would say that organizations, especially like I got a phone call the other day from a friend of mine who runs a nonprofit in Kansas City. And she's like, okay, I, I have this new, these new events that I'm planning and I've got, you know, two new events this year. And I'm trying to cultivate this the new donor and this new sponsor relationship for the event. And I'm working on this thing and I've got to prepare for my board meeting. I've got to set my budget. I have to send this marketing yeah. material. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. 37 hats. <laughs> 37 hats. <laughs> Every right? nonprofit out there is wearing 37 plus hats. You shouldn't be worried about telling your stories you need to bring on a creative agency um, who can do all of that for you. And you, and one that you don't have to look over their shoulder and be like, no, say this, not this, pull this out, not this. Right. So our creative director does all of that and nonprofits love it because you get this video and you're like, oh my God, that is exactly what we were thinking and, and more. And so you want to just working with a company who gets that, and who really knows nonprofits and tells those stories intentionally without exploiting people, um, I'd say that's the direction that you want to go. But, but cost, Joey, cost. I mean, yeah, sure. let, you know, I don't want you to reveal any pricing, but I think that, you know, nonprofits will embark on doing something harder um, and saving money because they want to be good stewards of, of, of their mission. And so, What's the return on investment? Um, you know, we don't have to talk about what the cost goes into a production or what Utopia charges or or anything like that. But there is that mindset, right? Like, sure. you know, is there a return on investment? You're right. Nonprofits wear 37 hats. The mission moment is super, super important. You don't want to mess up there. You don't want to take any risks. You don't want to not get it right. So it makes sense to outsource, but Am I going to, if I outsource, am I going to get that return on the investment? What I have to play devil's advocate there. What do you say to that? <laughs> I say yes. Um, and there, there's really like two videos that I feel are incredibly underutilized. And the nonprofits that are producing these videos are seeing exponential results. And I, I want to preface my cost conversation and come back to it in like, just a second, because I think these two videos are the ones that really drive ROI for nonprofits just as much as the fund and need does. And, and, and I'll come back to the cost thing, but I'm kind of prefacing with yeah. an invitation video, which is way underutilized. So it's a short video where your beneficiaries, your recipients, your clients, whatever you call the people who are benefiting, um, invite people to the event. And I have to give a shameless plug here to one cause because you all were the first software solution to provide a texting option. 
And so we leveraged the heck out of that and filmed these amazing 60 second invitation videos. We turned those over to our clients and said, Hey, migrate your database over to one cause and let's text this video asset to 500 or a thousand prior attendees and donors. And the results have been incredible because it was another touch point and it was fun and it was entertaining and it was connecting. And it wasn't the organization directly asking for anything. It was the clients and recipients inviting people into an experience. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about ROI, you want to think about video stories that do something different that you can continue to leverage and really help you double down on relationships. And so another one that does that exceptionally well is a donor spotlight. So highlight a donor or a sponsor or a partner that you want to grow a deeper connection with and bring them deeper into the fold. And you frame it as like, Hey, Mrs. CEO of X company, we want to film a mini mini documentary on you highlighting your successful business and your philanthropic efforts. You know, we're so grateful for your gifts and we want to share this at our gala because we really appreciate your support and we want to acknowledge your business at our gala. And, and Dawn, I can't tell you the number of times that after that video plays, that person stands up and makes a five, 10, 50, $100,000 gift on the spot because it makes them feel like they belong. It makes them feel special. And most importantly, it shows them that you took the time to care about them and their story. And now they have this story they're going to put on their website. They're going to share it with their network and their friends and family for that corporate social responsibility. Like, yay, look at, look at us doing great things. And they're, if they're successful, chances are that people in their network and on their website are also very successful. And so coming back to the cost conversation, mm-hmm. all of these videos, like this podcast, for instance, this is a video, the three videos we just talked about, fund and need, invitation, donor spotlight. You can, you can take these videos and parse them out into 20 to 30 to 40 pieces of short form content. And, and our marketing team, Don, your marketing team is going to do that with this podcast. You're going to pull out these emotional beats and put them all over the internet. And this is the type of content for the future. And so yeah. when you're evaluating reels and yeah, snippets and reels and yes. sure, I mean, I'm addicted. I have to be honest with you right before <laughs> I go to bed, I go to bed a little bit too late because I'll get on TikTok or Instagram. And I just, I really do get addicted to the to the reels and the TikToks. I, I just, I do. It's, I can't help it, but so, I do. Yeah, me too. I'm the same way. Right. And so it's like a, it's not a cost conversation. It's a value conversation. You want to work with a team that's thinking about evergreen ongoing content. So when you're on set and you're investing, you know, seven, 10, 15, $20,000 on a video project, that video project is going to continue to work for you for months, if not years into the future. And that is absolutely critical. Yeah. You know, Joey, I I have to tell you, you're actually changing my mindset a little bit because I I think I had some bookends, but you just pointed out some really great points. I just want to underscore. The first point was I was thinking of one video, one storytelling video, get, you know, the, get them, get this, you know, the, the, the background about the who, what, where, why, when, and how get somebody to, you know, um, demonstrate impact, you know, people that you've served and wrap that up with a pretty bow, get it on stage and then your peel. But no, you're taking our audience on a video journey, if you will. And you really pointed out multiple videos that are really important that I never thought of. The invite, love, love, love that. The donor spotlight, oh my God, right? Like 
who wants the half page ad in a program guide or, you know, I mean, that's good. Or the logo on the event site. Well, that's good. But I think sponsors have goals in mind and they have you know, there, there's a reason, whether it's their corporate social responsibility or a lot, there, there's a reason. And they too have goals for spending their sponsorship dollars. It's not, you know, it, it, it it's a package for a reason. So that is brilliant, mind blown. And then the mission moment. So I see the trio, I see the trifecta, but then you're spot on. Now you have content that can be mixed and matched and mingled and mangled in so many different ways. And you probably have your social content, which nonprofits struggle with as well. Like, oh, I got to do that TikTok. What am I going to put here? I don't know what to say. But you just made three videos and now you have a complete inventory bank of content in multiple fashions that you can use again and again and again and again. And it probably never expires either. Yeah. It's fascinating. That's amazing. I mean, I, I can't, I don't know why I was so bookend <laughs> with the whole video thing. Um, I was too, you know, like we didn't figure this out by, it's like one of those things where you stumble into it and you're like, uh, this makes a lot of sense. Why didn't we figure this out last year? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you just figure it out and you're like, okay, th- this idea makes everything else seemingly a lot easier because you start to like, you hit your flow and you're like, wow, nonprofits really need this. Wow. We're really contributing. We're adding value and they're starting to see the value. And now they're asking us like more, more, more. And so we're trying to scale up and and be able to deliver sort of that, you know, that, that demand that we're facing to our nonprofit friends and partners who want to scale. So take me through. So, so if I was a nonprofit, which I am, right. I'm thinking of my daughter's nonprofit and we were to call utopia, take us through how you get there to it just, how how do you, you you know, you can't just say, Oh, okay. Morgan Marie Michael foundation. Let's uh, sure. You know, we'll start filming tomorrow. Right. Like how do you get there to make it so impactful? So most nonprofits call us because they're producing an event and they're like, Hey, this event is critical for us. And when the pandemic happened, they're like, wow, our event stopped. Now, what do we do? And so we kind of shifted to this, you know, online model and offered streaming services and leveraged one cause to be able to enable those, those online events, because these nonprofits rely on these fundraising events to build community, um, to connect people and to ultimately raise money. And so when a nonprofit calls us, we take them through a framework and it's something that we've modeled. um, It's called the three C approach. It's something that we've modeled um, from the exchange community and John Berghoff's the CEO over there. They're doing amazing work. And it's all about this facilitation method about why people come together for events of any kind. So we took what John's teaching and we kind of made it our own. And so our three C approach is connect, capture and cultivate. So we think about how do we connect peer groups and cultivate. Okay. Connect. Yep. Connect, capture and cultivate. So the first conversation we have with any nonprofit that comes into our office or on zoom is how are we going to connect the peer groups of your, your audience? How might we capture information during your event and your stories on the most important relationships? And how are we going to cultivate and follow up with thoughtfulness and intention? And so Using that framework, I'd love to tell you about a particular event that we're currently planning that. Oh, yeah. I love examples. Okay, good, 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 good. I love examples. So it's a nonprofit organization that offers a variety of different programs to kids with disabilities. And so one of their biggest programs is allowing kiddos to express themselves through the arts, through, through theater. And so the organization's biggest goal for the event beyond the fundraising goal is we want to do something uncommon. And we're like, yes, we can get behind that. And so 
they're like, we want people to leave the event saying, wow, that was radically different. My friend, Kathy, who's my neighbor invited me to go to this thing. And I didn't know what to expect. And I laughed and I cried and I formed new relationships and I donated maybe a little more than I planned to, but wow, I feel good. So we want donors to think that thought. And so here's what we're doing for this group. So using video and using the technology in the room, um, because for us, like AV is a bare minimum. So we, we, yes, we are a production company. We have all the equipment and yes, we're a storytelling company and we have the stories and we can tell those things, but it's the intersection of those things that truly creates community. And it's about creating experiences, not just asking a company like, how many microphones do you need? How many projectors do you know? It's about creating experiences. And so um, we're making the kids the star of the show. So if you've ever seen John Krasinski's Some Great News, and for those of us who don't know who that is, that's Jim from The Office. And uh, imagine like the Some Great News segment with the Oscars and the Grammys. So we're modeling this. So before the event, we're recording 60 to 90 second video segments modeled off of Some Great News. And the kids are going to be the anchors and reporters in the field highlighting amazing stories on how the organization has served the community over the last 12 months. And then what we're doing is we're going to pepper these 60 to 90 second great news segments in during the event. So imagine you're at cocktail hour and organizations always have a hard time getting people's attention during cocktail hour, but not when we have a 50 foot LED wall and speakers all over the place and you have a kid come up on the screen. Hello. And we have great news for everyone. We know you're enjoying your drinks in the back and that's awesome, but excuse me, watch the screen. And then the video sound effect plays and uh, you know the first great news segment kind of comes into the event and people are like, what? And so having this bit pre-recorded ensures that we're able to stick to a very tight schedule and program. So we're being mindful of people's time and we end when we say we're going to end. And then it also allows us to have spontaneous interactions with the kids, the recipients backstage. So throughout the night, one of our hosts is going to be backstage with the kids before they step on stage, after they step on stage, and they're going to be interviewing them with the microphone. Like, and this is going to be projected live in the ballroom. Hey, we're backstage with our performers. How are you guys feeling? Are you excited? Woo! And and the kids are like, yeah, we're jazzed. And it just gives the audience an opportunity to connect with them before the, you know, like during the program, right? Um, And in addition to the backstage component, we're capturing feedback from the audience during the event through a QR code on the tables. And it's a one question survey and it's, are you having a good time? Or perhaps it's, what do you want to say to the celebrity performers tonight? And so that we're capturing all of that feedback from the audience. And then we're putting a camera on one, two, or three kids during the course of the night and giving them the best feedback that we've crowdsourced from the attendees. And we're going to have, it, have them read it back live on camera and pipe it through the, you know, the ballroom. And it's kind of like Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets, but nice tweets from the donors. <laughs> So it's like, it's a way of getting the audience involved, the donors, the sponsors, Kathy, the neighbor that I mentioned who doesn't know you, but she does now and she's connected. And it's a way of ensuring that these kiddos are involved and that the donors are involved. And it takes these passive recipients of an experience, passive, and converts them into active participants. And that is what unlocks community. Yeah. Well, community, driving community is such a big thing, you know, for for nonprofits today. And it's a big question mark too. How do I drive community? But I think what I love about everything that I'm hearing is that it doesn't begin with, you know, hit play, 
you know, you really take the time to integrate and blend one video in so many different ways. It's not just, okay, we're going to go into our mission moment, hit play, play the video, beginning, end. Okay, great. You, you're you texting it out beforehand. So there's before. You're making it entertaining during the event. You're converting the event into something interactive with some action. You're creating joy. You're creating community. You're bringing, you're connecting the dots pulling people together. You've got video reels that can go on TikTok or social. And one video just became, it just octopused out in so many different ways. And that's really cool. I mean, that's just really a different way to look at one little video. And it's amazing that you're doing all of that. It's a very good example. And I really appreciate you telling that because I don't know I don't know that I would have gotten it with with just words. If you would have said, well, you know, try to integrate your video so that it becomes entertaining and you make it interactive. I wouldn't have gotten it without that explanation. Um, when is this event? This or, event it, is in April. It's in April. Oh, um, so it, it serves individuals with disabilities. Is that um, for the autism population? Because April is Autism Awareness Month. Is it for that population or... Um, so they Is don't it just in April for any reason. For- yeah, it's just in April for any reason. They don't um, they don't se- like segment. Um, so it's for kids with all different types of uh, developmental disabilities. OK. And um, yeah, I mean, they're a great. They're a national organization and uh, they're just super cool to, to be a part of it. Well, you know, you're going to have to come back to Raise Nation Radio and perhaps with your customers so that we can you know talk about the success and and just you know, the, the experience that it created. I mean, you're really taking videos and turning them into experiences in new and different ways. It's like, you've taken the four walls off the box and you're just going, you read my mind. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I know one of your things is creating joy. Um, I think you kind of hit on it with this particular example, but what, why is creating joy so important? I think we know the answer to that. But how else do you create joy in the room with the with donors? Um, that's a great question. You know, I here's one of the best ways that I've ever seen it done. And I was actually a donor at this event. Um, I was at a retreat, and this was for a nonprofit. And one of the things that I do as a part of my personal development practice is I attend live events. I attend other people's events that are not clients of ours. I go I, and I engage and typically there's a motivational speaker or a series of motivational speakers and I'm just oohed and awed and I connect with the audience that are typically other small business or nonprofit CEOs, executive, whatever, right? They're just people trying to scale the business and um, share similar challenges. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can attest to that. You know, scaling is... is um, it can be sometimes isolating and lonely. And so, you know, surrounding yourself with a community of people that understand the challenges and opportunities that exist for in the scaling pain points is really, um, can be like cathartic and healing. And so, um, I go, I went to this event and there's all these incredible motivational speakers. And then they're like, you know, you're here this week to support the front row foundation. And, um, and I was like, wow, okay, great. What do we, you know, tell me more about Front Row. So they played this video of this little girl who was going through a terminal illness mm. and she didn't have long to live. And at the end of the video, they said, what we're going to do right now is there's a couple hundred of us in this community that are here this week. And, and like, yes, we're here to be motivated and charged and like go back so we can pour into our communities and our businesses. But like, this is, this is why we're here. This is what matters most is life. 
and, and being humans and like connecting with each other. So a couple hundred of us are going to write, we're going to write her a letter together. And so we did. And I wrote like letters, a letter of endearment, like you're strong. You've got this. We believe in you, you know, community of people that you don't even know you're impacting from across the world are supporting you. And we love you. We honor you. We cherish you. And all of those two, 300 letters that we wrote as a community were shipped to her family. And then her, her family read the letters. And when they read the letters, it was recorded on video. And those letters were sent back to us as the donors. And (laughs) she didn't make it. But seven years later, I'm crying. You know, like like we had an impact on this little girl's life. So much so that it brought her family to tears. It brings me to tears. Seven years later, thinking about how we changed her life in that moment because she had these cancer treatments and all she knew was the hospital. That's all she knew. And she was like seven, eight years old. No one should have to go through that. Oh my God. And so we were able to, to bring joy into her living room for just a moment. And that is, that is what I'm thinking about. Anytime we plan an event with an organization is how can we make your donor like me cry seven years after your event, because it was so impactful and so meaningful. And so letter writing is just one of the ways that now we bring that back into our communities. And, um, and there's a, a couple hundred other ways that we do it, but that's just one example. Yeah. Oh gosh. And I'm so sorry. That's just, um, hard at hard and a sweet, innocent little girl. Just, yeah. yeah. And you know, it was, it's a wish organization. Thankfully her wish came true. Uh, she wanted to go meet Taylor Swift and oh. uh, she got to meet oh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift's so wonderful with, with yeah. things like that. Wow. Oh, yeah. good Lord. Um, so that's, that's one example. It's like power of video power. It almost leaves a legacy, you know, even in the saddest of times, you know, to have that memory for the family and that moment of, of joy and moment of an experience. So, wow. Um, I've been so fascinated by how you've um, given me new insight into video and and everything that you shared. It really is special and unique. And um, I can't believe we've just flew through 30 minutes. Um, I kind of would love to get one more question in, but then we have to invite you back because there's definitely a part two here. I'm feeling it. But, you know, just let me ask you, what are some of the blind spots? Because you're the expert. You've been doing this for a long time. You have a lot of insight. People are listening probably with bated breath, right? Because they're like, (laughs) wow, okay, three videos, not one. I get right. Like they're probably, whoo, you know, um, so what are some of the blind spots though, um, for nonprofits, what do they run into and, um, how do you just help them navigate all of that? And what do you have to share there? Sure. So number one, they need better marketing materials, um, because they're expected to perform like corporations without corporate budgets. Yeah. Yeah. Run your business, (laughs) like run your nonprofit, like a business. We've heard that for so many times. Um, and then number two is they need more effective and connective experiences, really specifically for those nonprofits that rely on events for fundraising and community building. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in order to, to be successful in business, whether you're in the nonprofit or the corporate, you know, for-profit world, you have to do three things. That's it. And it sounds so simple, 
But in reality, it's like incredibly freaking difficult. So like, let's just pause for a moment and take a second to like sigh it out. Just do this with me. If you're listening, just take a big inhale. <laughs> let it go. It's okay. You're doing so many things and you're awesome. And so the three things that you have to do, you've got to sell. There's a negative word to the, to the you know, negative connotation, with, but, but you're doing it every day. You're always selling yourself. You're always casting vision, trying to generate revenue or fundraising dollars and find who, people who believe in you and your mission, right? So that's number one is sell. You have to market, telling great stories, building your brand, connecting with people, going to other events like I shared and just networking. And then lead. You, you got to lead yourself. And if you don't lead yourself, you certainly can't lead a team. And you have to do all of these things with the following traits. Like you want to be disciplined, passionate. You want to be a visionary and a great communicator. And most people in business are two or three or four of these things, not all of them, and, and myself included. And so I talked to one of my dear friends the other day who was, runs a nonprofit. And like I shared with you earlier, she's like, I, I'm working on the mission. I have two major events. One of them is brand new. I need to keep the board happy, prep for my budget. I'm working to build out a volunteer base to keep our new programs running. We have a new program, Cultivating yep, Donors. 37 hats again. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, let's just like give ourselves some grace. And, yeah. and you don't have to do anything. You've chosen to do these things. So let's take a step back first off and celebrate and acknowledge all the little victories that you're making happen because you are a bad A. That's amazing. <laughs> and the realization is like nonprofit fundraisers have the best intentions, but they're wearing all these hats and they're not giving their events and their marketing the full undivided attention because they're doing a thousand other things. And these things might be more mission critical or time sensitive in the moment than planning possibly their biggest fundraising event or video campaign of the year. And I would just say our most successful events are operating on a nine to 12 month planning timeframe. And we're yeah. laying out action plans one year out. Yeah. But typically what ends up happening, Don, and you know this. I'm an event planner. You're, you're, spe you're preaching to the <laughs> choir. I mean, I'm working on the following year's event while I'm still in the current place. You know, I, I would oh, even shit. venture to say maybe more like 12 to 15 months out. I mean, it's always get ahead of it. There's a for sure. And we have to be mindful of the fact that like what ends up happening is organizations kind of take the easy way out. And I don't mean to say that negatively. I know you're doing a thousand other things, but they're going back to doing what they've always done, expecting a different outcome. And so mm -hmm. there might be incremental growth, but the exponential fundraising growth and connection that they're looking for doesn't happen. So I'd encourage you to you know, reach out to our team. We'll take a major load off your plate or find another agency that you can partner with and like and change. Keep it fresh. Realize there's a changing demographic. Yeah, the landscape is changing. It's getting yes. very, very, very competitive and with less donors and uh, new generations. So, um, you know, that is the definition of insanity. Don't keep doing things the same way and expecting different results. You got to change it up. You got to keep it fresh. And, um, this has been fascinating, really, Joey. I, um, you just, you made me look at video in a whole new way. I really had those bookends on and thank you for taking them off the shelf for me and just realizing the good Pandora's box that can come and, and how you can use video in multiple ways. I'd love to invite you back. We'd love, um, you know, in the spring after the, um, 
spring event, the April event with, with your customer. Maybe we can talk about some more examples and some success and, and how you use videos in so many different and creative ways. And of course, we'll put some show notes and absolutely have ways to contact Joey. Um, I'm sure you could, we could hit you up on LinkedIn or at utopia.com. Is that right? How, is that how we get in touch with you? It's uh, utopiaexperience.com. Utopiaexperience.com. Okay, got it. Well, we'll have that all on, in the show notes too. Oh, I'm sorry? I was going to say, you can follow us on all the socials. It's yeah. either Utopia Experience or Utopia E-X-P-C. E-X-P-C. What's the C for? Uh, it's just experience shortened. Oh, got it. Okay. It. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, well, we'll have it all in the show notes. Um for sure. And I, I know that you'll be very generous with, uh, you know, calls and people reaching out just to, you know, have some consultations and uh, figure out how they can get started with their video journey. But will you come back and join us uh, again? Oh God, We'd love, love to have to. you. Yeah, that's yeah it's, great. A, it's an honor. And I and by the way, I, I encourage you re, like reach out, you know, reach out to our team. You've got now you've got, you know, 10, 10 full time people, 25 people on our on our part time staff that are going to be like looking at your nonprofit from beyond the, the forest. Right. Sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees if you're down, you know, on the uh, sort of on the ground floor. Um, and we always say we have to look at it from the sky and then we've got to bring it down to the streets. And it's yeah. super cool to have a partner that can, can do that for you and help to point out your blind spots and ultimately add value in different ways. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you um, unleashing videos for us and for our audience and um, really giving us something to think about. Um, but that's about all we have time for. I'm so sad for today. Fearless fundraisers, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. That's Thursday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time for all the new shows. In the meantime, listen to the epi- all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. You can follow the channel that you like best. We stream on 10 different uh, popular ca- uh, channels. And then this way, you'll get the notifications about our new guests. Um, a huge applause to all fundraisers out there that who are doing such amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. Your stories are awe-inspiring. We'd love to have you on the show at Raise Nation Radio. Um, and we'll get all those episodes in and great storytelling going. I'd like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Check it out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and blogs and vlogs and videos and um, infographics that hopefully you'll find very helpful. A huge shout out and thanks to my very sleep deprived, but yet insightful guest, uh, Mr. Joey Goon. I so appreciate your very expert and authentic voice. Thank you so much for being with us today. Truly enjoyed this conversation and unleashing everything about videos. Any last words of inspiration? Um, yeah, uh, two quick things. Okay. Uh, one, this has really resonated with me recently. The most impressive people are the ones that are authentic. And so I'm trying to give up being impressive for being authentic. So like this podcast, (laughs) no matter how many times I've been on a podcast or a stage or been on as a speaker, there's always a voice that's inside of my head. Like, what do I know? Who the heck am I? And what do I have to give? And, and, and today I just want to give up being impressive for simply being myself. So I would just encourage your audience, like get out there and be Be authentic. Yeah. 
I, I talk to so many people who go to a job they hate every day so they can buy things to impress others and they're miserable. And the only person that you need to impress in your life is yourself. And you're a nonprofit fundraiser. You're doing the work in the world that matters. You're already impressive. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, this is last but not least, my mom's students, you know, she's, she's been gone for 10 years. She passed away in 2013 and she, she stopped being a teacher, I think in the early 2000s. So we're talking, you know, even 20 years later, there are people who have, my mom's done private events for corporate events, nonprofit events that still approach me in the community, students of hers from 20 years ago. And they share what a beacon of light and a joy my mom, Jody was. And these are people that are now in their thirties and their forties who are no, no, obviously no longer kids. Right. And, but the impact that my mom made on them lasted 10, 15, 20 years. So I would like, love what you do, do what you love and bring that into your work. And to me, that's what creates a life well-lived. And that's the type of impact that I strive to create every day is that I want to leave everyone a little better than I found them with a little bit more energy and a little bit more joy and a little bit more optimism. And most importantly, I want to do that while I'm having fun. And I had a blast today. So thank you, Dawn, for taking time out of your day to talk to me and that you thought highly enough of me and our company to put put us on your podcast. I just, I really appreciate you. Oh, and we so appreciate your time. And I think you're speaking to the right audience because I think all of our fearless fundraisers out there certainly have the passion and love for what they do or they wouldn't be wouldn't be doing that. So thank you for sharing. We'll have to get you back um, again. And we really um, enjoyed our conversations today, but that is a wrap. And until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. Stay fearless out there. 